Hey there, it's Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. What's up? What's going on, guys? Rob Carbone, BD4, episode 30. We're on episode 30 here, September 23rd, middle of the night, 2.30 in the morning, actually. September 23rd, it's, it's, we're coming into Monday here. Um, yeah, same old shit this weekend. Um, Yanks winning, Yanks keep on winning. Took the series here against Toronto at home. It was the last, the final home game of the Yankees' regular season wrapped it up with two more wins, and they continued their really remarkable stretch of, I think, I don't know exactly, I think it was 21 consecutive, or maybe like 24, closer to 25, something around that number, uh, consecutive home series wins. I mean, that's that's big-time stuff. They haven't lost a home series since, like, the beginning of the year, was it late April maybe? That's freaking impressive. And, you know, it just goes to show, it really goes to show how important it is uh, for them to, to go and get this home field advantage, you know, for the first and second round as well. You know, because they're still dominant at Yankee Stadium. They've got home field for the first round uh, with the win today, but they've still got to gotta find a way to beat out Houston here to get it in the second round if they make it that far. But, um... It's not looking great. I mean, Houston's up by maybe a game and a half after their win tonight. Maybe even, it might be even two, but they're up a little bit, and there's not many games to play. But the Yankees just got to focus on them, and they got to start turning it around to end the season here because they've been very inconsistent of late. You know, it's been a trend of win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And with the schedule this month, you kind of don't want to see that shit. You know, you kind of wanted to see them be more dominant. But right now, you can't complain as they take two in a row. We got to see see them continue on here and hopefully they can find something, find some kind of rhythm heading in to the postseason. But that loss came in game one. Um, I actually didn't see this game. I didn't see Jay Hat pitch, but looks like he put together another good start. Five and a third, four hits, just two runs. Um, yeah, I didn't see the game, so it's hard for me to kind of talk about this one. Yanks lost four to three. They had three runs. Um, I know Judge hit a home run in that one. I know Glaber Torres went down hurt. That sucks. I actually didn't see the replay either. I know someone told me he, he fell awkwardly. I don't know where it was at the plate in the field, but he fell awkwardly and left the game. Got an MRI. Turns out he's fine. The MRI came back, up, came back negative. I'm guessing they wanted to sit him today or sit him Sunday just because there's a day off the next day before they travel to... Um, Tampa so just trying to play it safe and that's fine hopefully he's all right because he's so important to this club you can argue he's been their second best player all year or maybe even right up there with LeMahieu as their first but yeah you got to get him on the field again because he's so important to this team but they did lose game one but they bounced back as they've really been doing all year they've not let one loss lead to another that's why they've been such um, a consistent team game two they come out the gate with their Second half ace on the mound, James Paxton. Paxton 
you know, he stayed strong, man. He went six more innings, allowed just three hits, and not a single earned run across the board. There was one run to his one run to his line, but it was it was a DD Gregorius error which led to it, so it wasn't earned. But he struck out seven and pitched, you know, another great outing. Ten and zero now, James Paxton. Ten and zero dating back to the beginning of August and fifteen wins on the season for him overall. So another great outing from him. Offensively, the Yanks were excellent. Another uh, great day with runners in scoring position, going six of eleven. Uh, Stanton picked up an RBI double in the fourth to make it one to one. Mike Ford picked up an RBI single in that same inning to make it two to one. Later in the sixth, Stanton had another run driven in when he hit a home run to make it three to one. Then the Yankees piled together a bunch of hits. It was a Gio or Shell ground out, but then Ford hit a double. Frazier hit an RBI double. Wade hit a single. Higashioka hits an RBI double. Uh, four, and they just they they kept hitting and hitting and hitting, and it was six to one by the end of the sixth inning. And later to tack on in the seventh, Mike Ford picked up another hit, his third hit of the game, an RBI single. So he stayed hot. And we're going to talk about him in the postseason roster crunch in a bit. But he stayed hot. The Yankee bats strung together a bunch of hits in a row, which is what really has been their MO, MO all year, their modus operatus, however the hell you pronounce that. But that's been their you know, the thing. They're, they're stringing together hits. They're getting doubles, singles, homers, everything, walks. And they did sell that game. 7-2, to got the victory. Paxson, another great outing. Game 3. Sunday afternoon, another afternoon game. It was Sabathia's tribute that they did before the game. Very nice, um, but you know I don't want to spend too much time on that because I don't know I, I don't get too emotional about those things. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, Sabathia was a great Yankee. Don't get me wrong, Hall of Fame pitcher, but you know it, it's a lot of that's so much for me. I, it's it's too much. I mean, I, I, listen, he's great, but I, I, none of it hits me like it does Jeter, like it does Rivera. Pettit, like, I'm, that's that's the stuff that hits me, but it was cool. Um, but the Yanks game three took the victory, eight to three. Severino, man, he looked outstanding again. And again, we're going to talk to him in just a bit. But once again, he looked strong. You know, his power pitching was there. He went five innings of shutout baseball, allowed allowed just three measly singles, um, no walks, and he struck out nine on an eighty pitch count. So he looked excellent out there. Um, Offensively, another eight runs for the Yanks. Aaron Judge hit a first inning homer, one nothing. After that, John Carlos Stanton and Luke Voigt worked a pair of six pitch walks. Yankee discipline paying off there, and then Gardner came to the plate and crushed one deep to uh, the upper deck in right field. Four nothing after that hit. Second inning came around. DJ LeMahieu hit one out as well making it 6 nothing to give him his 26th homer of the season. Uh, LeMahieu also had a single leader in the 5th, followed by a judge single to put two on for Giancarlo Stanton, who would eventually sack fly to make it 7 nothing. And Voight followed that up with an RBI single to make it 8 nothing. Um, So the Yanks would eventually win 8-3 to after their you know, mop-up men gave up some runs. Surprise, surprise. But another great hitting day, another great pitching day, but... Hitting-wise, they were 2-for-3 with runners in scoring position, so that makes them 8 of 14 in their last two games. That's big. You know, they keep, you know, they can stay hot like they've been all year, really, with runners in scoring position and be that high-contact, high-batting-average type team. They're going to have some success, at least offensively. And if you get what you're getting right now from Severino, 
You get what you're getting from Paxton, and you can only hope that Tanaka continues his postseason success. It's looking like a promising, you know, start to the postseason at the very least. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about Sevi because he's looked very smooth out there. You know, he looks very calm, very cool, calm and collected out there on the mound. The delivery is smooth. It just looks great. He's working quickly. He has a rhythm out there, you know. It's not like he's struggling out there. You know, when he was struggling in the second half of 2018, it kind of seemed like, you know, he was wor- he was walking around the mound too much, didn't really want to get back out there. But now it seems like he's throw the pitch, get right back on the mound, throw the pitch, right back on the mound. And he's showing that intensity, that passion that we're so used to, you know, that we saw in the first half, that we saw in 2017 when he had an excellent season. Um, that's kind of the guy we're seeing right now. And he's you know, the velocity's there. It's not 100% there. You know, he's not throwing 99, 100, 101 like we usually see him. But he's throwing 97 consistently. And that's much better than what I thought I would see from him. And his slider today, you know, in his first game back, it was, you know, up and down. But today, much sharper. You know, had some break to it. Had a sharp, tight spin to it. Change up, he didn't throw too many. But he got them, you know, got a couple of them in there. And they looked pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I mean, since he's come back, nine innings total, five hits, two walks, 13 strikeouts, and not a single run yet. So knock on wood there, but he, he looks great, man. And you can only hope that continues. Um, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how much they're, they're going to raise his pitch count limit, you know, going forward. Um, I think it was like 60. Um, game one and his second game. Now today it was 80 pitches. So hopefully he can work his way up to that 100 pitch count limit so we can start giving the Yankees six, seven strong in the playoffs. And I, I'm not a fan of just relying on that bullpen so heavily because we've done so all year long already. So in the playoffs, I feel like, you know, they're going to need a little bit of help from that starting staff. So you can hope you get, you have to hope that Severino can be their horse that Paxson could be a horse, and these guys can pitch six innings. I'm not a big fan of that four, five, and fly and let the pen do the work. I think these guys should still be pitching late into games, and you know it'll it'll only benefit, you know. So just something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, Severino looks great. Also coming back, Giancarlo Stanton has looked great. Um, so since coming back, it's only been four games, ten at-bats, but he's three for ten. Uh, all three hits have gone for extra bases, a pair of doubles and a homer. Also worked two walks, has three ribbies and four strikeouts. So he's giving you kind of what you expect from Stan, you know, some strikeouts, but some slugging. And But what I'm impressed with, now I'll say this, I'm impressed with his, his plate discipline right now. The quality of Stanton's at-bats, and again, it's only been four games, and, you know, very, very small sample size, and also against some pretty shitty teams, but the quality of the at-bats you do like to see. You know, he's working the counts, and he's not chasing as many of those low and away sliders as you know we're used to seeing him chase. He's not putting together shitty shitty uh shitty at bats where he's chasing at stupid ass pitches. He he's taking the ones he needs to take and he's waiting for his pitch and he's hitting that pitch and today we saw another productive outing from him the sack fly and he's it's just something we have to hope we can continue to get going forward because Stanton's a guy who could either really, really help a team or really, really harm a team if he's if he's not right. So it's encouraging so far, but let's remember, you know, take a step back. It's 10, 10 at-bats, you know, four games. Got to see how he finishes out. Moving on, Judge, two more homers this series. Over his last 29 game, he has 14 of them. 
Yeah. Um, he's hitting 297 during his last 29 games with an OPS well over 1,000, 21 RBIs during the span. I mean, he, it's great to see him back to back to the way he's you know, normally been swinging the bat, you know, like he was in 2017. That's the guy we're seeing, the high average judge, the 1,000 OPS guy who can, who can pull the ball, who can push the ball, who can, you know, line it to center. The, you know, the power's back. We're seeing that superstar Aaron Judge, and that's only a positive. Again, only a positive. So get him back to form. Keep him like how he is going into October. You've got yourself an even lethal, more lethal lineup. Speaking of October, now, um, I will have an article out either at the beginning of this week or at the end of the week. I'm not sure when I'm going to have it out, but I'm going to have an article out very soon, very soon. Could be tomorrow for all I care during the off day, but we'll see. I'm going to have an article out soon on my postseason roster, my 25-man roster for the postseason. And, you know, it's going to be interesting, but I did jot a little bit of it down, so this isn't a final product here, but I'm going to read off some names to you of who I think should and should not make the postseason roster. And, you know, I haven't finished it yet, but it's just, like I said, it's it's a little bit of a, it's a rough draft. It's a little bit of a, you know, just a brainstorm here. So I've I've got catching, starting catching, obviously Gary Sanchez, right? The power. He's going to bring that power and his defense has improved. So I have him behind the plate. Uh, we're going to go from, you know, from catcher to first, to second, blah, blah, blah. So catcher Sanchez, I have playing first base. You could put either Edwin Encarnacion or... Or Voight there for the sake of continuing on. We'll just say Carnacion uh, will be playing first. Um, second base, I'm going to have DJ LeMahieu playing second base. Shortstop, Glaber Torres is going to be the starting shortstop. Uh, third base, obviously going to put Gio Urshela at third. I think that infield right there is the best defensive infield the Yankees can put out there. Along with the best um, production from the offensive side as well. It's a good balance of defense and offense right there. I think it's the best possible balance you could get right there. Along with Carnacion and Voigt. Um, after Urshela, I have, like I said, you can have Voigt DHing. Um, but left field to right field to center field, I have Stanton in left, Judge in right, Gardner in center. Right? I think we're pretty much all in agreement there. I do have Stanton playing. Uh, it took me a couple of seconds. Do I want him on the roster? Do I not? But no, I think you got to put the guy out there. How could you not put a former MVP out there? Who you know? I, I understand the whole go with who got you there thing, and I've been preaching that forever. But realistically, I do not think the Yankees are going to keep Stanton off the roster. So I'm trying to make these predictions based off my own opinion, but also using some real realism as well. And I think the Yankees are going to put him on that roster. So I, if they're going to do it, I prefer they put him in left field. Um, and let's see, off the bench, I haven't really finished my bench yet, but I know the positive, the, the, uh, the guarantees are Romine catching Wade and Gregorius. Now I do have a fourth bench player, but I haven't decided between Mabin, Ford and Frazier. It's going to be one of those three that I want. It's really going to crush me no matter who I pick. It's probably going to come down to Mabin or Frazier, but again, Ford provides that lefty pop, but out of the three of them, I have not chosen my answer yet. But again, in the article, you're going to see a full, a full out, you know, roster that I I've picked every single one of them. But that's pretty much the offensive side of things. Pitching wise, my number one starter will be James Paxton. Now this is all if the season ended today. So 
Keep that in mind. Number one, James Paxton. I've got Masahiro Tanaka pitching second. Luis Severino third. And here we go. Four. <laughs> uh, four, I've got J-Hap. I mean, he's turned it around this month. He's had some very good starts, his last five starts. You know, you don't actually... This can be number four. This this can be the day where you heavily rely on that pen, like I said. That's why it's so important that we get Paxton, Sevi, and Tanaka to go six and seven. So we can save the pen a little here for, for game four in case Hap shits the bed, you know. And you could also put Green there. I have Green on the roster, but I have him out of the pen. I have Chad Green. I have CeCe out of the pen. I have Sessa. Sessa. <clears throat> I have Ottavino, Canely, Britton, and Chapman. So that leaves me with one more spot left, and I have question mark for that because I still don't know who to put um, as the uh, eighth reliever. You know, it's it could be anywhere between Lasagna, King, Tarpley. I was going to put Montgomery. I was definitely going to put Montgomery, but I saw some article today that said the Yankees are done using him for 2019, which sucks, man. I really wanted to see if he could crack a roster spot, but he's not going to get that. But, yeah, that's pretty much my roster, my little brainstorm so far. Obviously not not a final product, but you know, I have two spots missing between the eighth reliever and the fourth bench piece. But we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. But I think that's definitely what I would do for sure. And... I think it's the best possible outcome to to put out a roster like like the one I just told you. And I, I think the Yankees could win a lot of games that way. Now, of course, they have to keep winning for the remainder of this regular season. And by the looks of it, they, they just got to keep, you know, taking these games against shitty teams because they really had an inconsistent September, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, but... Let's see, you got three in Tampa coming up, and then you end the season with three more in Toronto. I mean, those places haven't been too kind to us over over recent years. We've been better at, in Tampa this year. We've we've taken care of them, but for some reason, Toronto, Toronto's a pain in the fucking ass. And you know, although we we handled them, you know, today this series, we it would be nice to give them a nice sweep in, inside their own stadium. But we'll see what happens. Got to focus on Tampa next. Uh, Yanks got to. They're gonna throw out. Oh no! They're, I'm sorry. I, I. They're not going to Toronto. I. I had to double check there. They're. They're going to Tampa and then they're going to Texas. My fault. Texas. They're playing the Rangers, so they can beat the Rangers. They should be able to sweep them. The Rangers are very mediocre at best. But for now, we got to focus on Tampa. I'm not sure who's pitching. Um. But yeah, keep on keeping on. Um. You know, if they, if they do what they're supposed to do, hopefully we can end the season somewhere with somewhere around, let's see, they have 102 wins right now, six games coming up. Let's say they can win at least four. Yeah, 106 wins. <laughs> Crazy thing is 106 wins still might not get us home field. That's how good Houston is, and they scare the shit out of me. Good God, but I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those years where Everybody, everybody's kind of expecting Houston to just breeze through a World Series. Everybody's talking about Houston this, Houston that. Maybe it's kind of one of those series where the Yanks fly in as an underdog. Kind of kind of like what Boston fans said about the Red Sox last year. How they, they had this underdog mentality and succeeded. There's a lot of similarities, if, you know, believe it or not, between the Yankees in 2019 and the Red Sox in 2018. How these two teams have, you know, kind of flown under the radar in, in, in a sense of like... Other teams being superior, 
you know, and for the Red Sox, all the talk was about the Astros. They're still not going to beat the Astros. They did, and, and for the Yankees this year, it's obviously Boston's on the playoffs, so it's back to Houston, the Astros again. Are the Yankees going to be able to beat the Astros? So you hope they can, you know, pull something out there, but I also don't like jumping ahead. And the Yankees have to take care of the first round first. You know, I mean, they can't just expect to get to the second round. And, you know, what happens if we go out there in that first round and get, you know, thrown around by the Minnesota Twins again? Because that's who we match up with right now if the season ends today. we got to play the Twins. And they're a much better team. You know, I'm not just going to say every single year, oh, it's the Twins. We handle them every time. No, I mean, they're they're just as good an offense as we are, you know, this year with their with their high contact, high average hitting power as well. And, you know, it's their pitching isn't their greatest um, weapon either. So it's they're very, very similar to the Yankees in terms of that. But they also, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to hopefully hopefully beat them. And whoever comes in our way, we just got to keep beating, man. And we just have to keep on keeping on and go be the fucking Yankees. You know, keep those vibes flowing and I don't know, keep doing their thing. All right. So that's pretty much that. I'm going to head out. I got to go to bed. It's freaking late. Um, I'm tired. I'm thirsty. God, I'm thirsty. I mean, Jesus, I was just spending like fucking three hours. Three hours on PlayStation and I haven't even taken a drink of water yet. I need to get to bed, guys. I'm going to go watch some Netflix, go to bed, and take advantage of this off day I have on Monday with no class, no work, nothing. All right, guys. Thank you so much for stopping by. And I'll see you next time. Ciao.